Hello, everybody, and welcome to Today in Space. It has been a little while since we've had an episode, but that doesn't mean we haven't been busy behind the scenes. There's been a lot of really great things happening for Today in Space, a lot of growth, a lot of new things, and kind of the biggest thing and and, uh, what I want to touch on before we talk, we continue with this episode is it's been a lot of, uh, making sure that my life is balanced because, you know, I love doing this. This is what I'm passionate about. I'll do this podcast for as long as I can do it, but I also have to make sure that all of my stuff is in order so that I can bring the best show possible. So that's what I've been doing, uh, in the last, well, I guess the end of June was the last episode we had. Yes. So in that time, we've been setting up a lot of really awesome, cool stuff that we'll talk about very soon. But for those of you who have only listened to the podcast, our YouTube channel is up now. So please uh, head over to todayinspace.net forward slash home and you'll see all the videos are there. So you'll be able to find our page. We're growing that. So please, uh, if you're listening to the show, please go over and subscribe to the YouTube channel too. That's going to help us out tremendously. And then what this show is becoming is uh, what I've always wanted it to be. Uh, Just an amalgamation of my imagination and (laughs) uh, just spreading out as far as possible in every direction that we can. So lots of exciting things to come out. Fractal, I guess, is the word I'm looking for here. So... We have a lot of stuff going on. There's, We're going to have all of the show on the YouTube channel as well as on the podcast. And we're going to do interviews here in the future. Those will be their own segments. So we're just going to keep bringing you more and more content. And one of the more exciting things is we do actually have uh, Today in Space going on public access television. So we'll talk more about that very soon. Super exciting stuff. In the meantime, please enjoy this episode. This is one of the segments that started on YouTube live from Facebook. Uh, I've always wanted to do a live show. Live shows where I started podcasting with my friend Mike, and we I've never really been able to get back to it. So whenever there's events, or for in this case, the Great American Eclipse, I went on the morning of, before the eclipse happened, to go deeper into the total solar eclipses, you know, uh, what to expect, uh, may touch on the things that you haven't already heard. Cause it was highly publicized, which is great, but there were a lot of talking points that were just done over and over and over again. So I dove deeper into it and actually talked about why total, total solar eclipses are so important. What has it helped us find out in science? What have we discovered from it? And most importantly, how total solar eclipses helped to actually prove and bring forth the age of relativity, but more on that soon. So just to finish off this intro, thank you everybody for following and and being interested in space and checking out the podcast and looking forward to a fantastic future. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. This is What's Up, or more aptly pronounced, What's Up? So please enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on our YouTube page, and as always, tell your friends and spread the word, spread love, and spread science. Much love. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's Up with Alex Giafanos. We're here with Stay in Space. Oop, there is the background noise there. So uh, I'm going to wait here while everybody kind of gets in and uh, gets to join in here. I have the comments ready here. If you guys want to join in the conversation and uh, get involved, I would really appreciate that because that's kind of what we're trying to do here is get everyone talking about this. So on this live episode of What's Up? We're going to talk about the total solar eclipse because the great American eclipse is today. If you haven't heard of it, apparently it's been, it's been talked about a little too much. And so what I want to do here with this episode is not rehash all the things that have been talked about before, but to actually go over some other things, uh, dive deeper into it that uh, the news may not have scraped uh, too deep for. So we're going to go over that. We're going to talk about what to expect and we're going to talk about safety, obviously, uh, what to look out for, what to use, what not to use. Uh, a little bit about the position of the moon, uh, because even I had a moment where I had to do some little research <laughs> because I wasn't uh, imaging it, you know, picturing it well. And also why a total solar eclipse is so important. I mean, everyone's making a big deal about it, but why is it important? What What is the... What is the history behind it, and what do total solar eclipses do for science? So we're going to go into all of that. So real quick, I'm just trying to see if I can get this link. Nope, I guess not. Okay, so we'll be posting this later. <laughs> okay, so let's begin. It is the What's Up episode for the Great American Eclipse for all of you that are just joining in, and we're going to talk about, to start... What to expect? So for those that are in the actual path of totality, which is that uh, shadow band that crosses the entire contiguous uh, United States, those people are going to be experiencing some very – the most amazing cosmic events uh, that we can see on, on planet Earth that uh, I can think of. Okay, that's a little – that's a reach. But it's an amazing thing. I mean it is – when you're in the path of totality, you're experiencing the blackest black that you've ever seen. Stars will seemingly pop out of nowhere during the daytime, and wildlife, including plants and animals, will actually react to the sudden change of sunlight. Slight temperature and weather changes will happen due to the change in heat from the sudden loss of sunlight, and shadows will change because the amount and shape of the light from the sun changes. And that's because the moon is moving in front. So instead of a, you know, that circular point of light, now we're getting this slice of light that's coming through it. It actually changes the shadows. Uh, now, to move on to safety, we have to talk about safety because, look, it's, there's no reason to get injured here, folks. So let's talk about it. What to use and what not to use. So first, you have to make sure that you are using solar filter glasses or covers if you intend on observing the sun directly or while photographing it. You have to make sure that they are actually certified. So what do you look for? Uh, there are a lot of fakes out there. So what to look for is the ISO certification. So on mine, I actually have these glasses. Uh, Cindy, uh, <laughs> listener of the show, watcher of the show, got me these. Thank you very much, Cindy. And it's... You need to make sure that they're actually certified. You know, getting it from a from the library. The libraries were actually giving these out. You're probably not going to find them anymore, especially today for the eclipse. But you got to make sure they are. Uh, one big thing you'll notice is you're not going to be able to see anything. I mean, essentially, 
they are actually uh, very close to welder's glasses. So if you've ever worn one of those and just see how dark it is, it, you need that much filter to protect yourself. Now, as far as the fakes are concerned, I've heard of a lot of strange things <laughs> that have been spread around. Uh, don't risk it, people. Just just don't risk it on some bro science that someone said. Uh, the funniest one has been uh, someone was saying use the the wrapper from a pub tart as the actual lens. Guys, don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> That's not. Don't risk it. Uh, the the only other way to see this eclipse. If you're like in my situation where we're in Massachusetts and we're not really in the path of totality at all, but we will have 71% uh, coverage is to use an actual solar filter. I'm sorry, a pinhole projector. So uh, you can make these. I actually made one uh, just like this. It's, a, it's an old box I had for some uh, music equipment. And re- re- all you do is poke a hole through it with just a pin. That's really pinhole projector. Duh. Right, And then you cut a hole so that you can actually view. And then this one I like because I could just put this on my shoulder, have the sun behind me, and then I can actually watch the pinhole view of that sun happen and watch the moon go in front without having to even damage my eyes. So that's beautiful. Or you can do, as uh, you guys might have seen from my post the other day, uh, NASA, it's a little too late for this. If you got a 3D printer, it only takes about two hours. So you might be able to get it done in time. But NASA released these 3D printed versions of all the states. And so we printed out uh, Massachusetts. And this pinhole projector is the same thing. So you would hold this up and the sun would be behind you and you'd want to position it on a sheet of paper is perfect. And you'd want to position it so that you can actually view the eclipse happening there. And so for everyone who's not in totality, basically, when you're watching the eclipse, we'll get we'll get into it in a little bit. But when you're looking at the eclipse, the only time that's okay to look at a solar eclipse is when you're in totality. So unless you're in those few states that it's actually passing through that narrow band of shadow, don't look at it directly without proper equipment. Okay? All right. So why? Why shouldn't you look at the sun directly, even if this, the moon's partially covering it up? Reason is you could literally burn your retinas and go blind, okay? So your eyes do not have pain receptors, so you're not going to even feel it. So don't don't think you're a tough guy or a tough girl and look at it and think, don't worry, I'll know when to look away. You won't because you won't even feel it. So, and, and based on an account of someone, I posted the article yesterday on, on the podcast page, based on, on someone's account, they actually didn't realize they had gone blind until days later. So please, please, guys, be careful, okay? Now, it is safe to look at the eclipse, like we were saying before, if you are in the path of totality or where the moon totally covers the sun as it moves into position. So the next question is, when is it okay to look at the sun when you're in the path of totality? Well... You want to make sure that when you're looking with your glasses or your filter, when you're seeing this last glimpse, uh, let me get my finger here. So this last glimpse up here in this picture, uh, in that top top corner there, that's the last moments where you're going to realize that the sun actually is almost gone and covered up completely. And after that happens, you are in totality, and then it is okay to look and take off your glasses. But again, only if you're in the path of totality. Uh, And that's only going to last about two to three minutes. 
for that causing event. Now, uh, what you will see is the corona here. You'll actually see it here. So uh, what's going on there is that the sunlight is actually escaping from all the mountains and the craters on the outer edges of the moon. And that's supposed to be one of the most breathtaking sights ever. Uh, I definitely uh, can't wait until there's another one that I can go to so I can actually experience this because of all the cosmic events, this is the one that uh, there is a... Everyone who's seen it has says there is a definite, definite reaction when it actually happens, and that's just amazing. Uh, so to talk about the actual position of the moon, uh, like I said, yesterday I had that moment with myself where I was like, I don't think I know the <laughs> moon phase as, uh, as good as I thought I did, so I had to do a little bit of refreshing and figure out what's actually happening. So again, if you're... If, if we take out a little recap if we if we look back and the sun the moon and the earth are orbiting the sun right and you're looking perpendicular down on all of that orbiting right you would see that the moon is always half lit so it's always half lit half dark except in the case of a total lunar eclipse where the sun is blo- where the earth is blocking out the sun it's always that way so whenever you have a total solar eclipse that means that you're always going to have a new moon. So that kind of threw me off. I hadn't really considered that before um, directly. And the other thing is that because of that, during the day, you're not going to really see much of the moon going up uh, to the point of the eclipse. You're only going to see a sliver on either side as it makes its way across the sky during the daytime. So next, why why are total solar eclipses so important? So to get into it here, total solar eclipses are something that we've been looking at for a really, really long time in human history. It's, it's obviously something that was uh, pretty evident. Uh, people used to think the gods were mad at them, or um, there's actually a, a few cases of battles where people used, uh, <laughs> people used the prediction of when this would happen to literally influence history. They made themselves look like they they knew the future that they they predicted this or even that i remember that i was reading history i don't remember what battle it was but a total solar eclipse happened during the battle and the entire battlefield stopped and i think they actually came to terms uh after that because they actually thought that the gods said enough is enough you're done <laughs> but the reason because of that is because before the invention or the use of photography uh, astronomers and observers would the only thing they had was to draw pictures and actually talk about and explain what they saw. So basically, it was all anecdotal, and it totally depended on how believable that person was who saw it. But even before the era of photography, we were learning about solar weather way before we even went into space, and definitely before we had any idea what it was. Also, helium was discovered from viewing total solar eclipses before we even discovered it on Earth. Helium, which was named after the sun, i.e. for the Greek god Helios, or in Greek it's pronounced Helios, uh, helium is the dominating element of our sun. In 1868, just a little history here, uh, during a total solar eclipse, a French astronomer named Pierre-Jules Caesar Janssen, really sorry about the pronunciation, uh, noticed a yellow line in his yellow, uh, in his sun spectrum readings. And then an English astronomer, Sir Norman Lockyer, reali- realized that this line had a wavelength of 587.49 nanometers, which 
no other element known at the time could produce. So he rightly named it and named it helium. Uh, next, a total solar eclipse is the perfect time to make observations of the sun from Earth that are not possible otherwise. So even in our best solar observing satellites, they make use of a disk that actually covers the sun in order to take images and videos of the solar activity, essentially creating the same conditions as a total solar eclipse. Now, arguably, the most important reason why total solar eclipses are important is because they were the ideal testing ground for proving Einstein's theory of general relativity. Now, Einstein's theory of general relativity made a prediction of how much a point of light from a distant star would bend around the bending of space caused by the mass of the sun. So to give a quick recap, Einstein's theory of general relativity helped explain that gravity was not this mysterious force of the universe that no one could explain, like, uh, like Newton, who gave us gravity and gravitational pull. It wasn't that it was gravitational pull, but that gravitation and gravity was a byproduct from the distortion of space and time caused by these massive objects like the sun and planets and all those things. So you're probably aware of E equals MC squared, the Big Bang Theory, and string theory. They all came from general relativity. But if there weren't passionate people in science at the time who were willing to risk their lives to attempt to capture the eclipse during World War I or on later expeditions to Africa and Australia at the time, then we may have missed the opportunity and we never would have gone to the moon had science fiction or today in space. The fundamental driving scientific force moved from Newton's laws to Einstein's general relativity. I'll be doing an episode on the Today in Space podcast soon covering the journey of Einstein's theory, so make sure to look out for that. And that does it. If you have any questions, I'm going to check real quick. I don't see any. Hello. How are you? Uh, but if you have any questions, I'll give you a sec. But uh, just make, free, make sure to feel free to leave them in the comments below. Uh, if you haven't been practicing taking photos with a solar filter this week, don't stress yourself out trying to take pictures during the two to three minute window for the eclipse today. Just enjoy it. If you really do have to do something today, like myself, there is a plethora of scientific, uh, citizen science that you can take uh, a part in. So go to http colon slash eclipse2017.nasa.gov.gov. Uh, words are hard today. And see all of the content there and look for citizen science. If you have any pictures, videos, or you want to share your experience from today, please contact me here on our Facebook page at Today in Space Podcast, on Twitter at El Greco, that's E-L-G-R-3-C-O, or via email at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com. In the meantime, I am off to get set up outside and capture the solar eclipse in my own backyard in Massachusetts. Although I won't be in the path of totality, uh, there is still something I can do and plenty of citizen science that I can take part in uh, with the 71% eclipse range that we'll be in. I'll be taking video and audio during the eclipse, including some experiments, one of which will be a video capture of the change in shadows from a, per from a partially eclipsed sun. I'm also going to be capturing the sounds around me at that time to see if any wildlife reacts to the decrease of sunlight or if the winds seem to change due to the relatively sudden change in temperature. Even though it is minute, there is a chance that all these things may happen. So we might as well just get some recording equipment and, and make it happen. So I will have all of that 
in a video later today, hopefully. Uh, so make sure to check back here or on our YouTube page later on. For now, I'm Alex Giorfano, science communicator, and this has been another live episode of What's Up? Today in Space. If you are in the contiguous United, Spa- United States of America, make sure to get, a change, uh, to get a chance to get outside and experience the amazing cosmic event that is the, Ameri- the Great American Eclipse. Good luck to all my fellow science friends who are in the path of totality today. I wish you clear skies, and thank you, Cindy, who gave me my solar glasses for today. Be safe, and as always, spread love and spread science, and have a great day, everybody.